Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show, the British English podcast, the place for anyone and everyone who is wanting to understand British culture and British English. And today we are doubling down on the culture because I have found a lovely guest who is incredibly knowledgeable about cultural adaptations and the process that somebody goes through when they move to a new country or culture. Uh, I found this person when I was uh, googling about a previous podcast um, informing you about cultural things, whatever it was, and this was a very good read. And then I thought, hang on, maybe I could get this person on the show. I reached out to her and hey presto, here we are. She's willing to sacrifice over an hour of her time with me for you to go through the four-part process of cultural adaptation. And this lady is called Marta and she is originally from Poland, but she's been spending some time in the UK. So yeah, I think we're ready to jump into the conversation with Marta from projectabroad.eu. Here we go. Hello, Marta. How are you doing today? Hi there. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yes, it's early morning for me and late in the evening for you because you're in the UK. You're in, you're in my home country, but I'm I far am. away from you right now. Yeah, very far away. <laughs> yeah, it's 9pm yeah. here, so quite late for me. Yeah. Where in uh, the UK are you right now? I am in London, North London to be more exact. Ah, very nice. Okay. And how long have you been in, in North London? So, yeah, I've literally been in North London the whole time I've been here. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be six years in um, July. Wait, the time flies. I can't even. So I came here for two years, two three years max. That's what I've been <laughs> telling to everyone. So, yeah, it's been five and a half now. <laughs> right. That's interesting because we mm. came to Australia thinking two to three years max. I probably shouldn't <laughs> tell my girlfriend that you're... Your plan was that as well. <laughs> Whoops. I think she wants to go back soon. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was quite I was quite convinced when I first came here. I was convinced that it's only for two years. But we liked it so much and like there's so much to do, there's so many opportunities. And we just stayed. Never say Amazing. never. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So you've been in London long enough to get to grips with um more than just the language, which I'm very impressed with but also the, the cultural adaptations. And that's what we're here to, to talk about, to help um, you guys listening to better understand the process of how it is to come to a new country and um, explore the difficulties and, and the enjoyments of a new culture. So, uh, Marta, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about your job and your blog that you do as well? Sure. So, well, I've been in various HR roles in my professional career and like corporate career, uh, you may say. Uh, but then um, I have set up a blog um, a little while, maybe not just under a year after I moved um, to London. It was first supposed to be like an outlet for my emotions and my thoughts and reflections and stuff. And it turned into something more because I was already sort of interested in the topic of cultural adaptation, effective cross-cultural working. I was working before already in Poland in this international intercultural environment. And um, and me going abroad was supposed to be that bridge to to understand it a bit more. 
This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Because mm. I was like, if I do want to, you know, learn more and make it intercultural, um, well, intercultural topics in my career in some way, shape or form, then I was like, well, I should probably live abroad as well to experience it firsthand. And mm. and so I did <laughs> purely for experience. No one forced me. I like to say that I'm an expat by choice which is literally what I am. Uh, and, um, and yeah, so I know, um, I known, I've known before that there is some form of process that people go through. And I knew from others that it can be difficult at times, but it didn't, it didn't quite settle until I've actually been through the process. And so I just want to let people know and inspire them through my blog and through my work to know that there is such thing as cultural differences, as much as we like to think that, you know, the world is global and we can travel wherever. Cultures are a thing <laughs> and and they do influence us. They're not the only thing that we are uh, and that, that influences our experience, but it is a thing that we should consider. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's really what I'm about, just to <laughs> tell people and educate them that cultural differences are a thing and that yeah. um, really you, sh you, you can tame them as well. You can learn how to effectively work with others who are different from yourself and who are from different backgrounds than yourself because it's possible. It's just a process that you need to go through. Mm, yeah, okay. Was there a moment that you realized, oh God, this is this is very different being in, in the UK, like culturally speaking? <laughs> very quickly, too quickly. <laughs> so well the process maybe I'll tell you just like about what the what the models say and because there is research behind it and I was like, Well, this is great. I wish I I'd known that before in more detail because at least I would know what the heck is going on <laughs> with me and you know in this whole process because what they describe as a um, cultural adaptation curve is, is like a u-curve if, if you imagine so you first are in this honeymoon period where everything's great and you're enjoying the place and you're kind of like a tourist in this place and, and everything's better than back home and you don't want to come back and everything's like great right yes. and then the reality hits in a bit so then you go into a dip that's where your you comes in for me sorry to interrupt yeah. when I went into a uh, my first German supermarket when I moved to Germany <laughs> that was the what reality. happened in that supermarket I think the the lady shortchanged us us and uh, <laughs> but just the whole process of going around like obviously everything's in German but everything's like in different places the foods are very different and mm. you just can't rely on what you're used to at all <laughs> so everything yeah. was just like oh my god yeah okay we're in Germany now so it literally sometimes feels like you're back to being a child you're like dependent on others telling you what's it's like you can't even do the simplest things like grocery shopping right mm. and, I, and I had the same thing because it's like different products even the same brands that you know have different names sometimes so even though you sort of recognize the logo and stuff it, it is different it's like walkers for example for the for the chips uh, no crisps what's it crisps you, chips is a in polish is chips as well so and america crisps yeah, yeah. and yeah okay so crisps is what i mean walkers um that yeah. brand exists but under a different name in poland and so there's 
hundreds of examples like this from from yes. the shop so it was definitely one of those things for me um as well another thing that put me into that shock was um people asking me people asking how are you how are you so i was like walking down the corridor at work for example and they're like how are you and i'm like how are you and then they're just gone they don't even want to hear how i am how rude <laughs> I was like, why do you even ask me how I am if you don't want to hear the answer? It's like, oh. and, they, and they say that British are polite, right? And in my head, it was like, how rude. You don't want to listen to my answer. Nowadays, six years later, what do you say? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And I walk away. I try to think, like, I, I would say morning or... Um, All that. You're right. All right. How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, maybe I'd yeah. say that as well. But the response, but the response to how's it going, unless you actually are with someone and trying to strike up a conversation, like if you're just walking past someone and like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going? Hey, yes. hey, how are you? Yes. How are you? It's just kind of like you're in passing. It's 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 a substitute for hello, really, is how I've deciphered it. Yeah. Um, yes, after it a while. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the beginnings were tough because I was like, oh, they don't really want to listen to me. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's all those thoughts. Like, why do they not want to hear how I am if they're asking? Like, what's what's wrong? <laughs> so yeah, things like that. <laughs> good one. Very good. We're going to take a short break from the conversation to tell you about a recent update I made with all my language learning resources for you. So, let me explain. The podcast can be enjoyed as a premium podcast member or as an academy member. The premium podcast membership gives you access to parts two and three of all bonus episodes and season-based episodes. Along with that, you get an online interactive transcript reader, or PDFs if you prefer, um, extended glossaries explaining all of the more native expressions being used in each episode, and flashcards for you to revise the language on the go. The Academy gives you all of that, plus a 10-part interactive lesson for every season-based episode, which is released once a month. And these include exclusive videos, audios, quizzes, assignments, and many more things focusing on the best language of each episode. And it also gives you access to weekly speaking classes for free. So if you want to get access to the full episode of every broadcast, use all the amazing learning resources I've made for you to truly feel confident with the new expressions and then put them into practice in our wonderful weekly speaking classes, then check out the Academy membership. Breaking it all down, this is a really affordable option that will keep any intermediate to advanced British English learner incredibly busy with the online resources in the Academy and now the weekly speaking classes. So head over to the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com to check out the premium podcast membership or the Academy membership and get yourself in a weekly speaking class and have a lot of fun. All right, let's get back to the episode. Wow, so you've got a, a four-step process and 
I interrupted your your curve. So you start up here in the honeymoon period, then shit hits the fan and you go down <laughs> yeah. here. So as you said, like it's, it's, it's there's some triggers that that um that you can notice, right? That the puts you into that shock mode and it doesn't have to I mean it's not as, quite as linear right for me it was like it's amazing I want to go home like you know I want to cry and then it's like yeah it's actually not that but it's really pretty much like that rather than a you be an exhausting but, <laughs> day for your face it, it they there were those days like, I mean if there's anyone <laughs> if there's anyone who's listening who is just going through this right now that is normal that's part of the thing that I say to people, like you can have days when you're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I saw, you know, the parliament and the London Eye and I had a wonderful walk around the Thames and the city and whatnot. And then I come back home and I cry because my partner is away um, because I, well, when we moved, I, we were apart for a bit before he joined me. Um, and so, yeah, like I miss my family, all that kind of stuff. So it was, it, there, there were those days where you kind of go up and down a little bit emotionally uh and i think that was actually the hardest part for me as well uh the like <laughs> the emotions and like taming them <laughs> because it, there's just so much going on in my head and in general but yeah so yeah there's the there's the shock but then the yes. good news is <laughs> you can go out of the shock and it's a process so just just bear in mind if you're in that moment right now it's just a phase and it will pass and there are ways that you can make it feel a little bit better but it's great that this is happening because that means that you're growing and you're being challenged to see things in new perspectives and you're challenged to um to get some more self-awareness about your own values and your own culture and uh, cultural backgrounds so i see this as an opportunity right um, even though it is not the easiest things uh, yeah. to go through uh, but you can go out of that and you can go into the adjustment phase where where you start adjusting your behavior. You kind of you kind of understand that things are different and that's, you know, you might want to adjust and adapt your behavior to certain situations. But you also know what is true to yourself and, and what you want to keep from your own cultural background. So you're no longer in that phase where it's either or. Right. It's kind of negotiating of like, how much can I adapt? How much should I? Um, how much do I want to? And then you, you're moving to the adaptation um, stage where you kind of feel okay in both the cultures, like your home culture and the new place, and, and you can effectively um, communicate in both locations. So my background is corporate, so I'm talking more about, you know, working environments and, and, and sort of an organization, um, but it applies to everyone, really. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And how long did it take for you to reach um, phase four? Are you in phase <laughs> four now? I think I am. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird because when I was um, coming back home <laughs> to London uh, this December, um, yeah, I literally said that like, oh, yeah, I need to go go back home. And so this this kind of feels like another Dingling home alone. right now. And yeah. I no longer say I'm going back home when I go to Poland. I'm saying I'm going to see my family. So it just right. it feels like I'm more here now than there, which yeah. gives me an impression that um, I'm probably in that phase uh, already by that point. 
Then well, there's no so timeline for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the fact that I'm already in in here that doesn't mean that everyone will be, and it really depends. Uh, knowing the language really helped, right? Um, if I was to suddenly go to Germany now, where I don't speak the language, it probably would have been a slightly different process, um, and it's different for everyone. So there's no timeline for any of these phases. It can take as long as it as long as it takes for anyone. Um, and you can go back and forth on this as well. There was a point where I thought, okay, I'm adjusting now. Yeah, I'm feeling all right and it's all getting better. And then something <laughs> hits me again, <laughs> you know, a new shop or whatever. I don't know how to, I don't know, call up HMRCs like for taxes and stuff. So it's just, um, yeah, it, whenever you think that you're okay, something else pops up and it's, and it's all right. And you continue learning, right? Mm. Yeah, well, it's exciting that you still have moments of that because otherwise you'd be like, oh, okay, I've acclimatized fully. Now what? You'd be... I don't think that would ever happen, though. I mean, there's still so many things like like cultural references to, I don't know, some pop star or TV showman or someone, presenter, who was there in the 60s and is famous because he's famous and I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it will always happen, right? About, about that, do you do you try to catch up or do you just say, you know, in, in a conversation like, I don't have a clue? Or how do you <laughs> deal do with say... that? I do say... I do say I don't have a clue. You can probably see from my face. At the be- see, that's one other thing. At the beginning, and so that would probably be the the shock phase where I I didn't feel secure enough with myself as well, I suppose, and with what I'm going through that I didn't mm-hmm. want to, how to say, I, I didn't want others to know that I don't know <laughs> something. So I was trying to like fit in and blend in rather than, adapt and adjust to this new environment while still sort of keeping parts of myself and so I wouldn't admit sometimes in a conversation like everyone would be laughing and I'd be like hi yeah good one I have no idea what's going on and and that was not the right thing to do completely not the right thing to do so now I am saying that I don't know something um and yeah they people usually catch me (laughs) because they also then start realizing okay great well if I want to tell the story I need to make sure that people understand and I have well I guess my environment is the one where we we are in an international company right and we have many people from different walks of life so I guess it's easier in a way to to be that open so I know Mm -hmm. it might not be the same for everyone who moves here but I think it is a good strategy it's better that people don't know especially if it's with something as meaningless in a way right as a tv presenter so it's not like you're I don't know you're you're an imposter and at work because you don't know something about the work that you do it's it's honestly it's just about something like a social situation right so I think it's absolutely fine to say that you don't know I was thinking of trying to reference Scylla Black do you remember her or not no. remember her, sorry. Do you know <laughs> of her name? I don't know of her name. Who is that? But then you said about, yeah, a TV presenter. Yeah, it's, it's so silly that it's, it's very, it's a good place to be in, to be able to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I've been here for a while, but of course I don't know that. That's a cultural reference that was back in the 90s. It was a, uh, she was a Saturday night uh, TV host for the show A uh, Blind Date. Blind Date. Right. Yeah, we did but, have a blind um, day show in Poland as well. 
See, a lot of the Polish shows, it's funny because sometimes people reference the names of the TV shows um, or like games and stuff like Millionaire or whatever. And um, and sometimes I wouldn't know what they're talking about and, until they showed me. So like Family fo- family Food? Fo- family Fortunes? Fortunes? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so, so that exists in Poland, but I had no idea about that show. Like it didn't, it, it wasn't the same name. Uh, ah. in Poland right but the idea of the game was the same so once I got explained as to what it is or like shown the game or whatever on YouTube then I was like oh yeah I know this one yeah sure yeah. and so actually the remote working is a good example of uh, of that because we had a lot of like socializing <laughs> through Zoom and like different quizzes and uh, stuff like that and so they were obviously uh, trying out different games <laughs> also the ones from TV very good so let's um, dive a bit deeper with um, the first part um, mm. can you remind us the first part is the honeymoon stage exactly. and this is this is all hunky-dory this is all good stuff <laughs> is there any like action points that people need to to take home and think about or is this yeah. some the one and only phase really that you can just enjoy <laughs> well definitely do enjoy <laughs> but look what I would say is that people often ask me how can I stay in this honeymoon as long as I possibly can right how can I make Ooh. it the best um, and it's a good question because you can very quickly go down that shock route and which basically means go down the reality route. <laughs> like reality hits you, right? Because you need to set up a bank account and you need to uh, pay your taxes and you need to find a flat. What was it? I think it was um, getting a seasonal tra- uh, train ticket in Nuremberg, Germany. I remember <laughs> Stacy cried. She <laughs> She, I left her in the queue. I went to go to the shop and came back and she was in tears. I was yeah. like, why? She's like, it's different here. It's different. And there's so many options that you don't understand how it works. It's really hard. And, yeah. and again, it's the simple stuff. It's the grocery store. It's buying a ticket, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but what you can do before you move, really, um, is research. So you can make it as easy and smooth for you as possible so that it doesn't throw you off when you're already there obviously you can't prepare for anything everything but at least you know at least it'll be one less thing to surprise you because you'll know which ticket you want and you go up to the counter and you'll say it (laughs) or you'll prepare the sentence in the foreign language or whatever to say it um so so that that can help you just just uh, um make it slightly easier on on you but one other thing that you um, can do really as as well before you move is schedule this honeymooning in before everything kicks in. So I made the mistake of not doing that. Um, so I basically got on a flight, found a flat, moved in with my friends because the flat wasn't ready yet. Uh, so I lived with them for two weeks before I could move in and went straight back to work. Uh, and I didn't have that week or two weeks just to wander around and see you know see all the grocery stores and pick up the one that I like most or whatnot I had to do this alongside all the work struggles and differences I had to manage and and basically just new job as well which is anyway a transition even within your own country or city so uh, doing those two things at once was a bit too much so mm. if you do have this um luxury of scheduling in one two weeks just for yourself to unpack to settle in that would be brilliant that will allow you to have that honeymooning without any other pressures 
um, from yes. the outside. Yeah, just like a real honeymoon. Take some time yeah. off. Exactly. Yeah, make it literal. <laughs> Exactly. Very good. But then also you can journal. Journal what you are enjoying in that phase because that will be helpful when you move on to the shock and everything. So here everything is great. Everything is wonderful, better than back home. You're noticing all the things that are better um, without necessarily noticing those that are not (laughs) or that maybe, you know, you may be struggling with a little bit. It's kind of like you're a tourist. Yeah, like you're seeing all the right things in the the place where you're at. Holiday. Basically, yeah, yeah, honeymooning, yeah. <laughs> honeymooning. Yeah, that's a very good point about journaling. I, I wish I did that when I moved to each country at the beginning. Mm. I think I might have done it with with Chile, but um, it would have been it would be nice now to look back at all of those fond memories because it's that first moment that you just you know notice that everything is different, and then you start to acclimatize to things. But yeah, and exactly. that in that first stage, yeah, yeah great, yeah, yeah. so. Get journaling. And it's good practice for your English, isn't it? And talking there you of which, go, yes. <laughs> so um, I will um, do the thing for you to make you feel um, comfortable with this. I would put your Englishes up here. Um, where would you say that your English was when you came to England or the UK? It, well, see, now from perspective, I'd say it, it was it was already good. Slightly it was lower, already good? Though, for sure. It, uh, it was already fluent. But I did okay. struggle. So how I would frame it is, so I was, um, I started learning English quite late, I think. So so I was in fourth grade. So I was 10 years old when I started learning English. Okay. Um, now the kids at school have like from, even from kindergarten, they, they learn English. But it's, I think it's compulsory now, well, mand- mandatory or whatever. I'm being very Either one. Uh, Either one. self-conscious. Um, I think from grade one uh, right now. So I started learning from when I was 10 years old. And then I went to um, do an international baccalaureate, which is basically a program in high school that you do. And it's all in English. So that helped me a lot. I did not have an accent at all back then, but I did have a lot of good like vocabulary practice. So I would say already I was like a C1 level from like understanding. So I could read um, in English. I could watch movies in English and everything. So I would say overall was pretty good. However, <laughs> um, it was a bit of a problem for me because I, if I expected anything to go wrong, it was not the English language. So we're going to leave the episode here for now. Uh, we do go on to the extra parts of the process. So if you are enjoying the information that Marta is giving you and the conversation that we are having then I highly recommend that you head over to the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com, to enjoy parts two and three of this episode. Um, Thank you very much, Marta, for being on this part. Maybe we can invite listeners to go over to your blog. So that is um, projectabroad.eu. Is that right? Correct, yes. Okay. Uh, You can probably get in touch with me um, the easiest through Instagram. Uh, at the moment that's where i'm mostly active these days okay and what's your instagram name or username or handle whatever we like to say handle is that a word (laughs) i think it used to come from truckers uh, using radio what's your handle kind of oh really okay no i didn't know know. that (laughs) yeah so it's at project abroad blog project abroad blog yeah exactly all written together yeah 
yeah okay so that's your instagram that's where yeah yeah i, I added you uh, a week ago and you're very active on there yeah really yeah, in, yeah. informative content so yeah highly it's recommend more interactive <laughs> more interactive than the blog so that's true that's true yeah so that is the end of part one for this episode which was um a bonus episode number five that's um making me think of mambo number five you know Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. What am I doing? Anyway, make sure you grab the free worksheet that gives you some of the intermediate to advanced expressions in this uh, Mambo number five. That is bonus episode number five. And uh, yeah, I'll see premium and academy members in part two and three. And for the rest of you lovely listeners, I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. Oh, my name's Charlie Baxter. Bye.